0: welcome to the true masculine project my name is eric i'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity on this show we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be if you are new to the show welcome and you may want to head on over to the intro episode uh describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here and for the rest of us on to the show hello my friends and welcome back to the show this is the second uh part of a series i guess so that if you did not listen to the first episode uh you're gonna want to go back and listen to that otherwise you're not gonna know what we're talking about and for everybody else let's get started so we're going to pick back up where we left off at and talk about something important which is demographics um i don't know why people don't think about this but it is easier to sort of fish. If you go to where the fish are, uh, so demographics, which women do you want to meet? And what kind of relationship do you want that's going to dictate where you need to go to meet these women? Um, obviously you could talk to people anywhere, but it's going to be easier to find and connect with people. Um, when you go to places that the type of person that you want to find and connect with frequents uh this is also why whenever you're looking for advice on this sort of thing that you talk to someone with um experience or you find some information about uh the, the demographic that you're looking for you're not going to give the same dating advice to someone in college and in the college environment versus like a 30 to 35 year old man who's getting back out there uh you're going to be in different situations what you're looking for is going to be different and that's going to dictate the type of people uh that you're looking to meet because, uh, frankly, if your lifestyles are too different, they're just going to be too much friction between the two of you. Um, and that relationship is just going to be a non-starter, um, at least on anything longer than a night. And depending on how different the lifestyle is, you might not even get to that part. So if your interests or current hobbies that you have now um, do not have a wide range of um, women in them, basically. So if there's not a lot of women doing them, you're probably going to want to pick up some new interests at least while you're single uh to get out to meet people and remember it's not like you don't like other things it's just that you may be comfortable in your bubble so you haven't bothered to branch out and to try something else Um, but you'd be surprised about what you could uh, get into that's fun to do and is easy to meet other people um and also you could be one of the few guys there uh so you could take like a dance class that's always a good one plus learning how to do some sort of dance and this has come from someone It doesn't dance well at all. Um, It was fun as well as uh, doing some volunteer work that tends to have a lot more like a higher women to men ratio. But the point is that you need to get outside of your bubble if your bubble only consists of you and the homies playing Magic the Gathering on Friday nights. Not that I'm hating on Magic the Gathering, but you're probably not meeting many women there. Alrighty, I've got some other thoughts on uh, demographics here, but I want to take a a brief detour into beliefs and self-selection. Um, but not like in a wide sense. I mean, beliefs about like who you are as a person, um, your beliefs about women and sex in general, because all of these things are going to shine through in your interactions with the opposite sex. So this is why we talked about doing some of this inner work first. If you do not believe yourself to be a good person or worthy of a good relationship or affection or whatever, then the type of people that you screen into your relationships are going to be the type of people who treat you bad confirm confirm those uh, beliefs that you have because frankly if you're unconfident you're probably gonna tell a lot of self-deprecating jokes just like a ton of them and then people are going to tell that you are not confident and the only person who's the only type of woman who's going to hang out with that is either a someone's got low confidence themselves which is gonna cause other sorts of problems attention-seeking behavior um, with other men probably or uh, part two is that um, people with high confidence, because they get so tired of having to fill your emotional void 24 seven, that the relationship is just not going to last. And this also applies to sex. So like if you want to have sex a lot in your relationships, but you have a weird attitude towards it, where you feel like it's some sort of uh, dirty or shameful thing, I don't think that that type of attitude is going to attract the type of woman who loves sex and is really open and honest about it is going to attract someone who feels the exact same way that you feel about it and then you wonder why she won't have sex with you uh well you decide to pick someone who thought sex was uh, something i didn't really need to do in the first place so a uh rule of thumb here that's going to make a lot of interactions easier is that if you've made your intentions known up front about the reason why you want to get to know a woman and she is still standing in front of you and hasn't openly rejected you that just, you can assume from there that she's at least neutral, like we talked about before. And until, you know, she either polarizes negatively or into positively, in which case you'll know via some of the body language things that we've covered, and we will continue to cover here. Um, just assume that she is attracted. All right. Now back to demographics here. So let's talk about age money and looks and race. So uh, just off the top, um, if anyone ever says that age or uh, money or looks don't matter at all, they're lying to you. Uh, They obviously matter. Now, certain women, it's going to matter. Some of these things are going to matter less and some things are going to matter more. Um, Now, they probably don't matter as much as you think because women's attraction works differently than men's attraction because they're not looking for the exact same things and you can work on all of these things. But if you're deciding that you're going to decide to, uh, speak to women, once you reach to a certain place, you'll never reach that place. What you're doing is making excuses for yourself. Uh, so you can complain about either a the quality of women that you do have or b you being lonely because it's easier to complain about the shit than actually try and fix your situation. But you don't have to take my word for it here. Let's look at some of the research that's listed in the book. So, When it comes to age studies show that men's physical attractiveness peaks at around 31 and that our physical attractiveness recedes far slower than women's does. Um, in fact, studies have found that the average 45 year old male is still considered as physically attractive as the average 18 year old male. So basically guys here, uh, what you want to take is that if you stay in shape and wear clothes that fit. The way you present yourself is going to be far more important than um, how old you are or what your looks are so cheer up if you don't look like a supermodel because you don't need to okay so let's move on to money so uh money has got utility right it allows you to go on dates and do certain things also it's used as a certain measure of success uh, now the older you are the more important this is going to be that you have some money right um now this is actually less important if she has money so as long as you're not dealing with um, any sort of gold digging type things that you can prove that you support yourself. Basically, you should be OK here dealing with the average woman, uh, the woman that most of us are going to run into on the street. Right. If you're trying, if you're talking to supermodels or film actresses, obviously your requirements are going to be higher because they have access to higher quality mates. It just sort of is what it is. But your average everyday dude walking around the street, talking to your average everyday girl, uh, you're not going to have um, that issue as long as you have been taking care of your money. Right. So career wise, work wise, investing, saving, learning how to deal with funds are always going to be important. Um, Also, there's also dates that are not super expensive, like going to museums or, you know, maybe an arcade or barcade. Those have been pretty popular and I like those a lot but you can have a lot of fun there, and they're relatively inexpensive. Uh, but frankly, at the end of the day, attractive behavior is more important than having a ton of money. Um, you avoid the, avoid the gold digger situation by just not leading with money in the first place. This is why we do not exchange money and gifts for attention. Um, if you got a woman, Exchange your money and gifts for attention. It's obvious that the way you're going to keep her is exchanging money and gifts for attention Now if you have a ton of money and not a lot of time and that's the type of relationships that you want then feel free um, I feel that most of us though do not want to live that way uh, So attractive behavior is always going to trump the rest of it now the thing is is that having more money uh, looking better dressing nicer Um, and being a bit younger, or at least dating inside of a demographic that likes your age group, the more that you do these things, the less game that you have to have. And Mark Manson sums sums that up nicely in the book here. So the more money looks success that you have, the less attractive behaviors that you need. Uh, the less money looks and success that you have, the more attractive behavior that you need. You can have all the money in the world or be the most attractive guy in the world. But if you cannot hold a conversation if you don't know what to do, um, in a situation, a relationship to keep on going, uh, the rest of that stuff does not matter. The behavior, the leading with the behavior is always going to be the most important thing. Now let's move to race here. Uh, and I'm not going to pretend like race doesn't matter. Um, it probably matters less than what you think um and frankly if someone's not going to talk to you or date you because uh you're black and they happen to not be black that's what comes to mind for me because i'm black spoiler alert but uh then fuck them like you didn't want to date them anyway especially if they're just going to judge you just off the top by race um and there's plenty of of women here so let's move on now the the main thing that race does for you is that it's going to polarize women either to like you more from the get-go or to like you less from the get-go and a lot that depends on if you if your skin color is the dominant skin color in an area all right so we're going to use the United States as an example because that's where I live so as uh, as a white male you are going to have the most neutral responses and probably a wider pool of women today from because given that white dudes white people in general are the majority um, you're going to have you're just a, you're the default race, so it's a neutral sort of behavior. No one is like super excited, like oh gee, it's another white guy. Like that's just not going to happen. Versus that if you're a black man or an Asian man or a Hispanic man. Now, um, as a minority, you are going to polarize women harder. Like so, they're either going to really like you up front. You'll still get the neutrals, but you won't have as many neutrals as a white guy will have. Um, and then you will have some people who, like I said, who will be, who will like you less just based on your skin tone. That is what it is. And since we can't do anything about it, we're just going to accept it and move on in those cases. And like I said, you didn't want to be friends or date that woman. Anyway, she not that special trust, just move on. This does mean as a minority though, you need to, um, understand that you are going to face harsher rejections. And you know, quotation marks because we use rejection to filter in the type of people that we want to be with in the first place. But you're going to have to deal with harsher rejections. And depending on where you're at and the demographics that you're looking for, more rejections than someone who is not a minority. Uh, now conversely, this means that if you' are a type of person um, who dates everyone, whenever you talk to a woman that is inside of your race, uh, she's going to polarize towards you more positively and you won't have to worry about super harsh rejections or negative responses because you're going to be the default for her since you guys have the same skin tone. Okay. And another thing on race here, people are going to have biases, especially if they have not interacted with as many people, um, as the race that you are from. So you can use these to your advantage, kind of once you get over the fact Um, that people like, oh, not all black people sound like rappers. Uh, yeah, no, we don't. That's just some shit you saw on TV and you just haven't met that many of us. Right. So whenever you act in a way contrary to your stereotype, um, for example, black males are seen as aggressive, but if you can come across as understanding or sensitive or caring, like willing to listen, you'll still get to keep all of the positive things that go along with being a black dude. Uh, But you'll lose the insensitive, uncaring, willing to just use people and throw them to the side sort of stereotype. And, you know, the same thing is true for Asian guys. So the stereotype is that they're sort of effeminate and weak. If you are courageous and outgoing and outspoken, then you will lose that stereotype. But then you still get to keep all of the smart, intelligent, etc. stereotypes that go along with Asian people. Obviously this is not right. And you would think that everybody would take you on face value. However, all humans have biases. So let's not pretend that they don't exist. Whenever you go to meet people, just know that, uh, this sort of stuff is running in people's head just from the programming that we all get bombarded with, um, from as soon as we come out the womb. Okay. So the concept of social proof, uh, humans value things that they see other humans valuing. So the more popular that you are, uh, the easier attraction is going to be for you because you're going to be higher up on the social ladder. Uh, this is why once you identify what type of demographic of women that you're looking for, you want to build social proof in that environment. Uh, so, for example, if you like clubs and dancing and that's what uh, the type of women that you like also like clubs and dancing, then whenever you, you need to find a club or a bar or whatever that you can build as a local sort of spot, that way, you know, uh, the regulars and the staff there. So when people see other people talking to you, um, excited to, to flirt or just have a conversation in general, when it looks like, you know, a lot of people, other people are interested in the fact that who is this guy who knows a lot of people at this place. Now you could do this anywhere. If you like to volunteer, maybe you can organize some things. If you are a high powered networker, because you're like really high in marketing somewhere and you speak, um, at events or get togethers about your particular topic inside of that space, the marketing space in this example, you're going to have really high social proof because you are a speaker and people know who you are. People are going to want your attention, and that's going to make attraction easier for you. Now, uh, social proof does not work if you move outside of your context, because then people go back to not knowing who you are. Okay. So how to be attractive besides step one, be attractive and step two, uh, don't be (laughs) unattractive. Uh, we talked about this before, but fashion and fitness. So you need to take care of yourself. You don't need to be. Mr. Olympia or anything like that unless that's your thing Uh, but just don't get sloppy okay boys Uh, but the main thing is to wear clothes that fit dressed to your personality uh, so you know if you like punk rock and you like to dress like a rocker you're going to understand what that fashion looks like inside of that demographic feel free to show off um, your personality and your clothings add pops of color if you like that if you're at like a let's say a business meeting and you know, go on to the business meeting as a, as a punk rocker look does not work in your case. There's a way to add a a piece of your personality into your clothing. Um, but just make sure that your clothes fit is going to be the most important part there. Uh, your body language needs to be on point and your vocal tonality needs to be on point. Like we talked about before Body language, stand up straight, uh, make sure that when you communicate, you look people in the eyes, And when you speak, you don't speak really fast, nor do you speak in high throat register. We've talked about this in depth in previous episodes. If you're listening to this for somehow and have not heard the Body language basics episode, please go back and listen to that. We talk more about, uh, about what you need to do and how do you need to set yourself up to be in a good position. And now the, the important part here. Is that if you want to be interesting in conversation, you need to be interested in what other people are saying. First, uh, it's going to be so much easier for you in life. If you realize that if you let people get out what they want to say, they're going to be more willing to listen to you, right? Instead of to be interesting, you want to be interested. And there's also the catchphrase of seek first to understand, then to be understood. Uh, that makes conversations go a lot easier, but you also want to expand your interests so that you can talk about a decent array of topics, stay up on, uh, current events. You don't need to be super in depth because frankly, most people are not super in depth, but you are going to want to have at least some idea of what people are talking about. Hey, and, uh, just as a reminder, there can be a lot of fear and anxiety when starting something new, especially around this topic, right? Because there's a lot of, uh, shame, or, um, hurt that you're trying to avoid, uh, especially with dealing with women, right? Like you get all of this baggage from anyone that you've ever dealt with. Um, and it sort of comes up whenever you're dealing with women. So don't be super hard on yourself. If it takes, uh, some tries to get to a place where you feel comfortable with it. Uh, cause remember the anxiety that you feel about talking to someone new is never going to go away. Uh, you won't get to a place where you just never feel like it's awkward to walk up to talk to someone that you don't know. Um, what will happen is that you get used to the feeling and eventually that feeling goes away after a few interactions with people. So my thing when I was going out all the time, or if I'm going out to make new friends and like in a social setting is that I need to start talking to people early. Like right when I get to the venue, I want to talk to a few people to have a couple of decent conversations. And these are going to be a little bit more stifled. I'm going to be more in my head. And after I get through three conversations, or one really long one. If the first one just happens to go a little bit longer than a, Hey, how's it going? You know, anecdotal thing about something I noticed on the way up there. Uh, then the rest of my conversations are going to be looser. Now that's just my process. Uh, once you get into doing this, you're going to realize that you have your own process, but ne- but like if someone's ever going to tell you that eventually you're going to get to the point where you just never think about any of this stuff again, or like worry about rejection again, that's not true. Uh, You will get more comfortable with it, though, and that's going to help in life in general because when you go to do anything new or you go to put yourself out there, there's always going to be that feeling of, ah, what if this goes bad or what if I'm making a mistake? Uh, The key is to act in spite of that feeling, not to let it stop you. All right, so some tips on communication um, when it comes to women is to remember that honest communication where you own your intent, the reason why you were there, With no shame about expressing the reason why you're there. And if you do feel some shame about it, then you need to probably look back at some beliefs. Honest communication is good communication. Um, Now, you also need to understand that when you and the homies talk to each other, it's usually facts and figures and you can take everything at face value. Um, I've lightly touched on this before, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that now. Uh, With women, it does not work that way. There's going to be intentions and emotions and feelings underneath that you are going to need to learn to recognize if you want your communications with the opposite sex to go well. This is why um, on one night she could tell you to go out and hang out with your friends and mean it. And there's another, okay, fine, go out and hang out with your friends it's going to cause an argument if you actually go and hang out with your friends. Um, in the first case, she thought that you had been neglecting your relationships and that you spending some time with the boys is going to be good. The second part is that she was saying that because you wanted to go hang out with the guys and you guys are not in a great place because you haven't been paying enough attention to her. And then you just sort of ignored it and went to go hang out with the guys anyway. Uh, they're not being irrational. Uh, so you need to understand that they just don't communicate the way that we do. So don't expect them to. Just learn to at least understand um, and infer sometimes. Take a little second to think about what's been going on. The context is going to be really important as far as understanding what she actually wants when she says something. Now, um, we have basically the conversation model that we talked about in the first impressions uh, episode that we've done before this, and that's the exact same model we're going to use uh, when dating. So if you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to the episode. We get pretty in depth about, um, how to pick up on subcommunication, emotional bids, what that actually means, um, how to respond when someone gives you a little bit more information than something basic level. But the, the main twist here with women is that you want to make sure that anything you share with them is because you thought the story was actually cool. Not You you don't want to be in the position where you were saying things or doing things because you are trying to impress. You want to share with them because I'm trying to get to know you. We have a common connection, and I'm going to get, you know talk about this topic because I find it interesting, and I think that you'll also find it interesting and we can connect on it. You don't want to do anything that's like, oh, I'm going to show her how smart I am uh the 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 second you start doing things to impress you have lost uh because then you're going to start getting needy being needy is unattractive and then you just start sliding down into that uh the unattractive side of things which is where we don't want to be so open and honest intention and whenever you go to talk to someone about something it's because you legitimately like it want to share it not because you're trying to impress people that's going to be the difference in any story doesn't matter what you say the intentions behind what you say are always going to shine through. So whenever you talk, you want to talk about things that you actually give a shit about, but not because you're trying to impress, but because you just want to share your life with somebody else. And, uh, hell, you could almost talk about the same thing that you talk about your guy friends with just that, uh, if like, if you like a certain musician, you want to explain the reason why behind it, which you may leave out when you're talking to guys. Uh, The reason why you like something, why you like a sport, why you like this movie is going to be more interesting and sort of draw the woman in because you're revealing some things about yourself instead of just saying, hey, I like baseball. Um, I like baseball because, you know, me and my dad used to play catch when I was younger and that was always a good memory for me or something like that is going to be more engaging with her and get her more willing to respond to you than if you just gave her facts and figures cause they don't speak in facts and figures directly all the time, right? They might at work, but we're not talking about work. We're in a sexual situation here. So you're going to want to explain why you like things to expose a little bit of emotion by yourself. And, uh, since this is the good as time as any, let's talk about creepiness. So creepiness uh, is usually only going to come across whenever you are trying to hide your intentions in an interaction because your body language is going to betray uh, the things that you say, like those things are not going to match. And whenever you're not congruent in the words that are coming out of your mouth and the body language that you're expressing, it's going to come across as creepy because frankly, you are lying um and they're just going to have built-in lie detectors that are going to be better um but also don't worry about it as long as you're not being some sort of sexual predator like sometimes you're just going to come across as creepy if you have good intentions you're not a rapist you're not hiding the reason why you're there um and you're being open and honest with her nine times out of ten you're not going to come across as creepy And the one time out of ten that you do come across as creepy, just excuse yourself from the conversation, move on, Uh, you know, you can give her some space. But it's not that big of a deal. The, The big creep indicator is that you sort of become one of those hover orbiter guys, but you're too afraid to talk to her. And then you just sort of hover around in the background, like, over her shoulder. Like, there's some tactical things you can do when engaging in conversations and we'll probably get into the nitty-gritty in next week's episode but just know that if you have good intentions you're most likely not going to come across as creepy okay so we're actually going uh this seems like a good stopping point because next week we're going to get into attraction flirting physicality and why uh being willing to touch a woman like at least at the start of a conversation high fives etc um some real tactical things why these things are important um, dating, how to set up an online dating profile while you still need to do things in person, because, uh, once you get online, the, this, the script sort of flips because dudes who wouldn't have the balls to walk up to talk to her will swipe to message. Um, so like yeah. you're just going to have a lot higher of competition, um, online than in person, but we'll talk about that as well. Um, I love you guys. Be good to each other and we'll talk soon. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, If you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at True, T-R-U-E-M-P underscore podcast. See you next time.